KCSB FM Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Jennifer Yoshikoshi with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, we'll be talking to Othmika, an assistant news editor at the Daily Nexus, about recent news in Isla Vista and upcoming local events. But before we get into her interview, some announcements for UCSB students to look out for during this week. Associated Students is collaborating with the Office of Student Life and will be giving out $25 DoorDash vouchers to 1,000 UCSB students who commit to the following acts of taking a COVID test during the first two weeks of spring quarter, wearing a mask, avoiding large gatherings, and also posting a picture wearing a mask with the hashtag April 3rd in IV. Free COVID testing will also be available this Saturday from 12 to 5 p.m., and the first 100 people will be eligible for a $25 DoorDash voucher from the Isla Vista Community Services District. UCSB's Department of Recreation will also be hosting a virtual stay-and-play event this Saturday on April 3rd from 3 to 6 p.m. Students can join a Discord link found on the Department of Recreation website to play online games. From this weekend and next, parking will also be restricted on campus lots and in Isla Vista unless drivers have a parking permit. Isla Vista street parking restrictions will start from 7 p.m. this Friday on April 2nd until 7 a.m. on Saturday, with the same restriction continuing on from that Saturday night at 7 p.m. until 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. These parking restrictions will also carry into the next weekend with the same times implemented. A lot has been going on in Isla Vista, and now we'll hear the interview we had with Othmika, the assistant news editor for the Daily Nexus, as we talk about current and upcoming events relating to topics such as COVID-19, Deltopia, IV nightlife, and homelessness. Hi, Othmika. Thanks for joining me today. Um, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. Um, so I'm a first year at UCSB. Um, I'm a global studies major, and I'm, I'm an assistant news editor at the Daily Nexus. Um, what kind of news have you been covering lately? So um, I am on the county beat. So I have been covering things that have been unfolding with the Isla Vista Community Services District, the Isla Vista Recreation and Parks District, uh, the Santa Barbara Public Health Department, um, anything really that's functioning on a county level that uh, Im impacts Isla Vista, I'm on it usually. I see that you cover the COVID-19 press conferences a lot. Yeah, um, so they have a meeting or a press conference every Friday um, at 4.30. And um, the amazing Dr. Vondo Reynoso, who's the director of public health in Santa Barbara, and public health officer Dr. Ansorg put together a like a, a recap of uh, the various news and trends relating to COVID-19 within the county. Um, and it, it's very interesting. Um, I think you very quickly are able to gain uh, a lot of knowledge about um, the not just the virus, but how viruses in general work, how your county has been impacted on multiple levels, such as you know, local businesses, education, um, athletics, 
Um, and it's, it's a really good way to sort of understand what direction the county is going. Um, and right now, very recently, at least, you know, Santa Barbara County was able to get into the red tier, which is awesome news. So, so far trends seem to be going in the right direction. Although um, Dr. Vando Reynoso did mention during last week's meeting that cases are plateauing a bit instead of um, on that, on a steeper decline. So um, hopefully that doesn't lead to any bad news and we see more decline, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very informative and it's uh, very well put together. Do you know anything about how COVID is working out in Isla Vista or anything about COVID with Santa Barbara students? A, a little bit. I can speak to that a little bit. I know so um, a few months back when um, cases in the county were on a steady decline, there was a period of two weeks where Isla Vista was, um, well, for the first of those two weeks, Isla Vista was one of two places where cases were not on the decline. And then for the second week of that, Isla Vista was the only place in the county where uh, cases weren't on the decline, which was a, a, for a brief moment, a cause for concern. But since then, uh, Isla Vista has joined the rest of the county in seeing a decline in cases, um, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so, you know, nothing horrible currently from the perspective of uh, transmission in our little college town. But uh, yeah, that's that's the most I think I have on the topic. Because we both live in Isla Vista, so I definitely don't want to be living in like a dangerous like setting where COVID yeah. mass spreading. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, I will say um, I was able to talk to uh, community resource deputy Justin Schroeder about um, partying uh, in Isla Vista, which, um, you know, there have been more than a couple instances of, of partying, which has led to outbreaks. And he was telling me that parties in IV have sort of been going in waves. Um, so there's like a little bit of a break and then they see like an uptick and then a little bit of a break and then they see an uptick. Um, and I think so, like at least right now, we aren't in the peak of one of those waves. So that's pretty good. And I think, um, yeah, I think we're headed in the right direction and hopefully it stays that way. Mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't go up with Deltopia coming up, but when I talked to um, Deputy Schroeder, it seemed like they have a lot of restrictions in place for people that are having large gatherings during Deltopia weekend. And so hopefully everyone listens to all the restrictions that are put into place and nothing bad happens with the spread of COVID. Yeah, Deltopia weekend has been a cause for concern. Um, I think that um, Deltopia with COVID has been an interesting phenomenon to like watch unfold because various groups are approaching it from various ways, right? So like law enforcement is, is in, in working on harm reduction, so is uh, public health, so is the university, so are local organizations uh, like the community, Isla Vista Community Services District. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I share the concern that Deltopia might be a super spreader event. And I know uh, Dr. Vondo Reynoso said the same, um, I wanna say two weeks ago at uh, our press conference. Um, but yeah, from the perspective of, I think, how these various organizations have been approaching it, there are more than a couple ordinances in effect 
um, re requesting and requiring that people behave in a safe manner. Um, so from the county perspective, that's one way they've been going about it. Um, from a law enforcement perspective, um, I believe it was Deputy Schroeder who shared that um, law enforcement will be out early Saturday morning to sort of like be on the lookout for anything that's unfolding and shut it down um, much earlier than than they would be if parties were able to like ramp up and have a huge gathering. Um, and I know that um, the Isla Vista Community Services District is doing their part in making sure that there are hydration stations and um, that there are safety stations and that um, you know there's PPE being handed out which is awesome um, on their part to do. And the university is looking at different ways to incentivize staying safe during that weekend. But yeah, there, there are definitely very many organizations um, and groups looking at how to bring about harm reduction for this weekend. And, I'm, and I hope with the messaging and their various efforts that it works out well. Yeah, I've heard a lot about Deltopia planning from all those different like organizations that you just talked about. And I really hope that Deltopia, when it's usually a very like crowded, super party event, um, it doesn't turn into that in like the setting of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up uh, because um, in, in the harm reduction aspect of, uh, the way these various organizations have been approaching Deltopia, I know that one thing that was one idea that the university and IVCSD were working on was a like an alternative event planning. Mm -hmm. And they came up with this program called Taste of IV. Um, and the plan was sort of to offer $15 meal vouchers to people and uh, shut down Pardal, uh, make it an outdoor seating situation where people can use their $15 meal voucher, grab a meal, enjoy a meal with their friends on Pardal. And, um, and, and hopefully, or the hope was that that event would thwart gatherings um, for Deltopia. The reason I bring that up is because um, it, it, it was one of the efforts from the university and the CSD, but I think something that uh, they had to balance was sort of, is this event going to, and I think it was Catherine Flaherty on the CSD who worded it this way, and I thought it was a great way to put it, um, was, is this event gonna thwart people or is it gonna complement Deltopia, right? Like um, harm reduction and alternative event planning, I think at this time can be very difficult because as much as you want to thwart um, large gatherings, you don't wanna accidentally end up adding to those large gatherings. Um, so yeah, I think these various organizations have been put in a very tough spot where it's it's about harm reduction mainly, but it's also about making sure that whatever you do plan doesn't add to uh, the already or the fear of uh, larger gatherings, I guess. Yeah, I can definitely see how that's a really big problem with whether they're encouraging or they're helping the problem of not spreading COVID. And I actually did read your article that you wrote about that plan that they had for the Taste of IV event that got canceled because of that fear. And yeah, it's really interesting to see how with the time of the pandemic, 
things like this have to be planned because Zeltopia isn't exactly like um it's not like an official event you know it's kind of something that students in Isla Vista just organize on their own in their own freedom so it's really interesting how official organizations with the school and within IV have to organize for that event. Yeah, it's a good point. I being a very new member to the Isla Vista community, I think it's very apparent that traditions here hold strong. Mm -hmm. And Deltopia is definitely one of those traditions, which I think is why there's so much fear about um, large gatherings. You did make a point that I want to re-emphasize, which is that um, that plan was abandoned. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. I probably should. Um, it was abandoned because of transmission concerns. But yeah, it's it is very interesting, you're right, to see how an unsanctioned event uh, needs to be managed by sanctioned organizations, um, especially during this time. Yeah, and I also saw that you wrote an article with the Ivy Community Services District about their plans about developing like an IV nightlife? Yeah, so um, that was our, that was, I think that was the article published in our print edition for winter quarter. But yeah, so um, the Isla Vista Community Services directors, Ethan Bertrand, uh, Catherine Flaherty, and Marcos Aguilar uh, formed a committee to uh, change nightlife in Isla Vista post-pandemic, which I thought was very cool because I think, I think they're taking a unique opportunity in the sense that they're making use of this time where we can't have gatherings to rethink the way gatherings work when we're able to safely gather again. And um, it's it's a pretty cool proposal. So from, from my understanding, uh, Ethan um, being a uh, Isla Vista resident for a few years has noticed that, um, you know, let's be very honest, Ivy is a party town, right? Like as one way that as a community, Ivy bonds is through these parties as how people meet each other and get to know each other. It's a very prominent aspect of our nightlife. And he was looking at ways to um, incorporate safe and inclusive events in the sense that um, not just college kids going to a party, but, but events where the entire IV community is involved, right? So yes, it's a college town, but obviously there are also families living here. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of you know UCSB people who, who've graduated end up settling in IV for a little bit too. So um, you know his thought process was, or I don't wanna speak for him, but from what he shared with me is um, how can we create events where we bring all of IV together in a safe, fun, inclusive way. And um, Marcos and Catherine uh, just recently joined the community services district and they were able to form a committee together. And I really love the way that they're approaching this because um, they're sort of trying to make, create a nightlife that is based off of what the community wants. Um, and it's from, from what I've seen so far, they're intending to make this a very inclusive process. So it's not the community services district or these three directors um, 
who are the, the voices and creators of this new nightlife, it's um, Catherine, Marcos, and Ethan reaching out to community stakeholders and community members and asking, what do you want to see? You know, what can we bring to you that, that you would genuinely be interested in? And it's looking at stakeholders in the community and asking, how would you want to be involved, right? Um, so it's a very inclusive process with um, multiple groups engaging in it and thinking about it. Um, and I, I was talking to all of them about, you know, what they, what are some ideas that they might want to bring forth um, in reimagining this nightlife? And it was actually really interesting to uh, hear. Um, Ethan was talking about live music. Um, and um, I, I think Catherine mentioned art installations and Marcos mentioned sm uh, spoken words. So, um, you know, it's a very a karaoke nights. So it's a very like interesting way to bring events that people would really be interested in, you know, and um, making it a way to gather all of Ivy so that it's nightlife that has multiple aspects to it. It's not just Ivy is a party town. It's Ivy, yeah, you can go to a party, but you can also go to karaoke night and you can also go to um, this art installation or this spoken word or listen to live music here. So I I'm I think they're they took advantage of a of a great time to sort of begin planning this um, with the various stakeholders and listening to the community members so that, you know, hopefully once we see more herd immunity, um, we're able to engage in these really cool, awesome events that sort of reshape our nightlife to be more inclusive. As a resident of Isla Vista, I'd love to see more inclusive events where it kind of brings the community together. And it also changes that reputation of whole school just being like a party college. And yeah, I think developing an Ivy nightlife after the pandemic could really be a good way to bring everyone together, especially since we were so like isolated. And with new students coming in, it'll really develop Isla Vista as a community. So I'm really looking forward to that. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Jennifer Yoshikoshi with KCSB News. And right now we're hearing from Athmika from the Daily Nexus as we discuss what's happening around Isla Vista. Continuing on in our discussion, I asked Othmika how plans for Ivy nightlife might relate to the homeless issue that's present in the parks. Yeah, so the Ivy like nightlife plans, they're hopefully looking to host those at like the parks and open areas in Isla Vista, right? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything. So uh, that's a great point you bring up because I think that's where the stakeholders really come in. So um being able to work with the Isla Vista Recreation and Parks District, for example, when you're holding an event at a park, um, or being able to work with a local business, if it's a karaoke or, um, or any event um, near or with a local business, um, that's, that's really where stakeholders really begin to get involved, um, because it's bringing together the community in multiple aspects. So, um, like I said, a lot of this is so preliminary because um, it is completely based on community input. But um, in that sense, uh, location will also be determined based on the interested stakeholders. So IVRPD is a, has formed an ad hoc committee um, with two of their members working with uh, Catherine, Marcos, 
and uh, Ethan. I think it's uh, Mia and Ash from IVRPD who are working with them. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's completely dependent on stakeholders, who's involved, who's interested in sort of uh, determining where these events will be held. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason that I asked was because right now in Isla Vista, there's a really big topic or discussion about the homeless people that are currently residing in the parks around Isla Vista. And so I was just thinking how these plans are going to unfold with the homeless problem in accordance with plans for the IV nightlife. Like where would they hold these kinds of events? It's a good point. They do coincide in terms of um location, I guess, would be, is the primary interconnecting factor there. Well, one, so I think conversation about this needs to start with um, the pandemic itself. Obviously, um, a, a global, a definitely a national phenomenon is that the pandemic has hurt people's incomes, it's hurt people's job opportunities, and um, as a result, we're seeing a rise in houselessness, which um, is you know, Ivy has been no exception to that rule. We definitely see a rise in our houses population. Um, and I think houselessness has a tendency to be painted with a broad brush in the sense that, yes, there are some members of the houses community um, who engage in behaviors that have made people feel unsafe. There are also a lot of community members um, who are houseless that are perfectly safe and aren't hurting anybody or um, doing anything threatening. Um, but just like all people, there are all types of people experiencing houselessness, right? Like there are people who engage in um, behaviors that are threatening to especially young women from what we've heard and seen at a lot of these meetings. There are also people who are just trying to get by and trying to sustain themselves during a very, very difficult time. So um, in terms of these plans coinciding, you definitely are seeing that Isla Vista Recreation and Parks District is looking to uh, make sure that their parks are being used in a recreational capacity again soon. So I don't think they will be coinciding. I think there's a larger discussion of um, how to properly assist houses residents that are in People's Park right now. But in terms of the interconnection between um, nightlife and uh, People's Park, I think that by the time the nightlife plans come to fruition, People's Park will be back to use in recreational capacity. And by closing encampments, you're not providing a solution, you're, you're redirecting people to various locations, right? And I think that a proper plan with the right stakeholders involved um, would would be able to bring houses residents of our community the necessary resources that they need to address their mental health their physical health um, to be able to reach back to family members um, and friends who can support them in um, in 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 just living their lives and um, if done right I think that this proposal can help houseless residents um, instead of displacing them in a pandemic um, and, and concentrating them into different locations again and again. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I see that there's 
a large support group for the houseless community from like UCSB students. But then there is that other like contrasting half that is against them and just doesn't see them as a part of the Isla Vista community. But yeah, I, I really appreciate the effort with the pallet homes being in Isla Vista. And I feel like it's a really good place for the houseless community there to feel safe and to feel more welcomed in like our community in their transition process to you know finding new jobs or finding health resources or mental health resources and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Houselessness is a very contentious issue with an IV. Um, I think that some people, um, I, there was a public commenter who said this at the last meeting, and I thought they put it very well. There's this idea that houses residents are the other, that they're not a part of our community, which is something that, you know, you also just mentioned. Um, and I think that, again, the right proposal is going to help them find get the resources that they need but also i think as a as a community um we should all be looking towards realizing that they are just as much a part of this community as we are you know obviously i'm not trying to justify behavior from a select few of harassment and unsafe dangerous behavior but there are a lot of houses residents that just need our support right now so yeah done right hopefully this alternative proposal does just that I really like how you talked about how how people see the homeless as like the other because yeah. um, I talked to one of the houseless community members and he really emphasized how much he appreciates the connection that he has to the land of Isla Vista with the natives past but also just the energy of college students living in the community. I really appreciated his insight on the land that he lives on because it really seemed like he felt like he was at home in Isla Vista and I would hate to think that other people see them as not belonging in the area because this is their home too like as much as it is for us. Yeah I, I agree and I would actually argue maybe more so because we're here for four years or we're here for as long as it takes to get our degree. But a lot of these residents have been here for much longer than we have. And, and yet some of us come here and act as if this place belongs to us and we don't treat it very well. And the reality is there are people who've been here for much longer um, who have a much better um, connection, like you said, um, to Isla Vista and, and what it means to them. And I guess touching back on a previous topic, right? Um, April 15th, people 16 and older are eligible to receive the vaccine. Uh, I think it's also important to note that um, April 15th, they're eligible, but they can start making an appointment as of April 12th. So um, very close to um, that date, which is very amazing and awesome. But I'm, I'm working on um, putting together like a, hey, college kids, here's how you can get vaccinated uh, type article because I think that's important um, and I think one one issue that I've been uh, focused on a little bit is um, getting to your uh, location for getting that vaccine because as we know you know Isla Vista residents not a lot of people have cars a lot of people have bikes um, a lot of people walk so sort of approaching that how do we ensure that people can get there and make sure that they they 
can get their vaccine shot regardless of whether or not they have a car is, is, is another thing I'm working on as well. Yeah, those are that's just what I've been working on recently. You just heard the interview we did with Athmika Ayer, an assistant news editor for The Daily Nexus. You can find her articles on The Daily Nexus website where you can also read about new updates within our community. Make sure to check out her work as she recaps Santa Barbara County's COVID-19 press conferences and other updates in Isla Vista. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. I'm Jennifer Yoshikoshi, and our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This is 91.9 FM KCSB. KCSB.